0: Good morning. You are tuned in to KBOO Portland, and it is just, oh, about a minute before 11 o'clock. Coming up on The Boo at 1130, Radio Zine host Jennifer Kemp looks at a local nonprofit called the Rafiki Village Project and its school building projects in Tanzania. And tonight at 5 on the KBOO Evening News We'll have reports from Sunday's Portland Stands, Against, Portland Stands United Against Hate rally. KBOO keeps you informed, and you have a chance to get involved. To become a member, go to kboo.fm and click on Donate Today. And stay tuned now for Health Watch. Ellen Goldsmith talks to acupuncturists without Borders and their mission to provide relief to communities suffering from disaster and poverty. This program is made possible by Kboom members and support from the Oregon Symphony, presenting a special concert. Angelique Kidjo with the Oregon Symphony. More info and tickets for this event with Angelique Kidjo at the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall on Tuesday, September 26, available now at orsymphony.org.
1: KBOO Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of Speak for Peace Thursday, September 21st at the HI Portland Hawthorne Hostel in Portland. Speak for Peace is a workshop that aims to develop the skills necessary to have constructive conversations when confronted with polarizing topics while recognizing and gracefully engaging with cultural differences. Again, that's Speak for Peace Thursday, September 21st at 6 p.m. at the H.I. Portland Hawthorne Hostel 3031 Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events.
2: The purpose of this program is not to prescribe a treatment to individuals.
1: Listeners should consult their healthcare practitioner before attempting any treatment. Good morning and welcome to Health Watch. I'm Ellen Goldsmith, licensed acupuncturist, your host, the second Monday of every month. On this day, September 11th, Americans acknowledge the terrorist events 16 years ago that hit New York and Washington, killing thousands of people. However, let us not forget that throughout the world, there are millions of people suffering the traumas of terrorist attacks, war, displacement, and natural disasters. In this country, we are faced with a number of natural disasters just in the past few weeks. There are mass shootings, police shootings of unarmed African-Americans, along with hurricanes, floods, and fires that leave a trail of individual victims, communities, and first responders who deal with the aftermath of trauma and are vulnerable to the development of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Today, we are speaking with Melanie Rubin, director of National Disaster Relief for Acupuncturists Without Borders, as well as its associate director. Acupuncturists Without Borders is an organization that provides disaster relief, recovery, and support for building resiliency through the delivery of community-style ear acupuncture to its first responders and communities affected by those disasters, human conflict, environmental devastation, poverty, and social injustice. As well as being Associate Director, Melanie Rubin directs the National Training Program in collaboration with Jerry Raven-Stanfield, who is in Acupuncturist Without Borders' new Portland, Oregon office. Melanie manages the Haiti Program, oversees the development and management of the online education program, and as well as Acupuncturist Without Borders' website. She also provides support for marketing, financial planning, staff management and training, and the Mexico program. She has worked with Acupuncturists Without Borders since 2009. And today, she's here to discuss the global work of the organization, how and why they started, and how the delivery of acupuncture can be beneficial in the prevention of and recovery from post-traumatic stress in individuals and communities. Melanie Rubin, welcome to Health Watch. Thank you so much, Ellen. Thank you for having me. Well, I think it's a very timely uh, topic, uh, considering just the day it is today and also what the what's going on in this country and around the world. And so I, I wonder if you would just start by telling our listeners uh, what precipitated the founding of Acu- Acupuncture Without Borders and, and how you work.
2: Surely, I would be happy to do that. And um, just before I jump in, I want to express my Uh, condolences to those who have suffered trauma in the recent Eagle Creek fire I was just listening to the end of Barbara Bernstein's show and you could really hear it in her voice how that has affected her personally so I know there are many of you in Oregon who are feeling that you've been dealing with the haze and the smoke and uh, the concern about it so it's a It's a great example of how we're all affected right now by what's going on in the world, as you just indicated. So Acupuncturists Without Borders uh, was formed in 2005 in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. An acupuncturist who uh, lives in New Mexico, Diana Freed, decided that she really needed to do something to respond to the trauma of Hurricane Katrina and the many, many, many people who were impacted by that disaster. And so she organized teams of acupuncturists from around the United States to go to New Orleans and the surrounding areas to provide trauma recovery treatments. And this was alongside um, other healthcare workers that came from all over the country and other acupuncturists who had previously been providing trauma recovery using ear acupuncture. So her work really built on the work of other acupuncturists and the National Acupuncture Detoxification Association, which I'll talk a little bit more about, I believe, later in the show. And at that time, Diana, with the teams of acupuncturists that she organized, provided about 8,000 treatments in the year after Hurricane Katrina hit. And after that, she formed Acupuncturists Without Borders to keep providing this type of support, support, both nationally and internationally.
1: And so, when you when you go to communities, uh, what are you actually doing? You're talking. I mean, many of our listeners may not know what ear acupuncture is. And um, so, if you could just sure. talk about what actually happens and and how who do you work with in communities? Sure.
2: Um, So I know that acupuncture can sound really scary and even like voodoo for a lot of people who have never had it before. Um, It's an ancient system that um, originated in China. In this case, the treatment that we're doing is very, very simple. It's five very, very tiny needles that are inserted in each outer ear. The needles are smaller than the size of a cat's whisker. And they're sterile. They're only used once. And when they're inserted, a big question everyone always has is, oh, my gosh, does it hurt? And sometimes it can pinch a little bit in the moment that the needles go in. But generally, that feeling subsides very, very quickly. And actually, the treatment is extremely relaxing. People feel this sense of well-being as they sink into the treatment and, um, they feel that they, the best way that they can describe it is that often when they've been very stressed or even traumatized that they feel like themselves again, like they remember what it feels like to be me before I went through all of this stress and trauma. So it's uh, it's kind of like, uh, they even almost call this barefoot medicine sometimes because it's so simple. And, you know, of course, acupuncture is a very sophisticated system. Acupuncturists get trained for years. They're they're very highly skilled, like yourself, Ellen, very highly skilled professionals. And so um, in many circumstances, much more involved treatments are appropriate. But in this particular situation, right after a disaster or a traumatic event, this very simple treatment, which isn't actually that hard to learn, um, can do wonders, and then people can pursue other types of healthcare support later. And then the second part of your question is, what kinds of communities we work with, or who we who we work with in communities? Is that correct? Yes. So, in the immediate aftermath of a disaster, for example, in Hurricane Katrina, or now what we're organizing in the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey down in Texas we treat first responders we treat the people from the community who have been impacted by the disaster um everyone and we provide those treatments in sometimes we're working in collaboration with the um, emergency response agencies in texas carla Kassler, who's the other associate director at acupuncturists without borders who is actually coordinating that effort has been collaborating with the agencies that are working with the Medical Reserve Corps. We collaborate with other organizations like the National Acupuncture Detoxification Association, anybody who's there to provide relief and recovery. Um, and we might be providing treatments in a Salvation Army Center or uh, with the Red Cross if, in some situations, uh, in in Texas, it looks like treatments are going to be provided for Red Cross relief workers. Um, we might be working in a church or um, in any place that's going to be the most accessible for the people who need to be treated.
1: So the treatment itself is is just, as you said, this ear acupuncture. So people are seated, mm-hmm. they're wearing their clothing. Um, it can happen, and how long do people sit for? They sit for... Um,
2: Ideally, people would sit with the needles in for about 30 minutes, but we always say that something is better than nothing, so if someone can only be there for, we generally don't want to treat for less than about 20 minutes. If someone can sit with the needles in for 45, that's great. And um, this style of treatment is called community acupuncture because, as you were just starting to indicate, it's treated in a group setting, so people don't need to take off their clothes, they can be in the same room with each other. And that's actually part of the healing process because when people have been through traumatic events, they they can feel very strange and kind of isolated, in fact. Uh, like may, maybe I'm the only one who's feeling this kind of stress or trauma. And so when they sit in a room with other people who are having the same experience, there's a group healing that goes on. And I just want to point out that Uh, in uh, amongst many other ways that Oregon is a kind of a role model. um, Oregon is a leader in community acupuncture because you have in Portland, Oregon, the center for people's organization of community acupuncture, which is an organization that supports community style acupuncture clinics across the U S and actually internationally. So, um, Uh, you know, if, if if people only come away with one thing from this interview, the thing that I would want them to realize is that this support is available to them. It's not expensive. There are community style acupuncture clinics in Portland and the surrounding area. They're all over the United States. But especially in Oregon, you have all this access. There are two acupuncture schools that have clinics that provide low-cost care in their student clinics. So this is people's medicine. Um, we all have stress and trauma, whether we have, are looking at a beautiful sunny day like I am right now or in the midst of wildfires and hurricanes. So
1: we all need support. Exactly, and and I just wonder if you could talk about this mechanism, because these five points that we use in the ear um, in this uh, protocol is quite specific, and it was developed mm-hmm. by, I, I believe, um, uh, Michael Smith, and mm-hmm. I, was it Tupac Shakur's uh, father, I believe? Was he also part of this at Lincoln uh, Hospital in the Bronx in New York? Um, and it was really developed as people's medicine, uh, but specifically to help people uh, detox from alcohol and drug abuse. And, yes. Uh, and so it's yeah. it's a, a very specific technique. I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about how that works, just those sure. points, et cetera. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and and we always like to really give profound gratitude and acknowledgement to the um The pioneers of this work Um, as you said Dr. Michael Smith was an MD in New York City during the heroin epidemic and he ran the Lincoln Recovery Center in the Bronx or the program the addiction recovery program there and he was looking for a better way to help these addicts recover from heroin addiction at the time the prevailing paradigm was methadone treatment and it was good that there was something, but it wasn't working well enough because of the recidivism rate. And so he read about the use of acupuncture in China for addiction recovery, and he started doing research about that. And he and his team of uh, staff at Lincoln Recovery Center started, started testing out this protocol. And ultimately, what they found was that using these five very tiny needles in Points in the outer ear, which correspond to the organ systems in the body, um, could release uh, the the need for uh, the substance, or more over time, using the treatments and also counseling and other um, other coaching, that it worked extremely well for addiction recovery, and and so then uh, Dr. Smith and his staff, created the National Acupuncture Detoxification Association to teach other people how to use this protocol. And then it was found that this particular protocol for addiction recovery, which is still used now all over the world, is also really powerful for treating stress and trauma. And basically what it does is it's like pressing a reset button when when you are exposed to prima- profound traumatic events, your, or for, for that matter, sometimes if people go through a divorce, that can be a profound traumatic event. It doesn't have to be a hurricane. Your nervous system can get stuck in fight or flight, which means that it's not functioning in a balanced state, and it makes it more difficult to think clearly, to sleep well, to digest your food well, and so in that state, the nervous system creates dysregulation in the whole body, and other types of conditions can develop out of that. And if the if the nervous system stays stuck in that long enough, it will develop post-traumatic stress. So this little treatment, which is very simple, actually helps to press a reset button so that the body remembers what it's like to feel
1: well. So, you know... So people come away. You're, you go to communities, and you know the trauma is there. Sometimes people are in shock; they may not even realize that uh, that they've been traumatized because they're just trying to get mm-hmm. through um, whatever it is that they're getting through at the time. How many treatments do you see, or are you able to give people? Because as much as we would like to think acupuncture is like a miracle, one time only, mm-hmm. its one time is better than nothing, but how many treatments, uh, you know, when people come in, how many treatments are you re- recommending that they receive? Well, we suggest
2: that people can be treated as much as possible. Um, so every day we, they
1: could come, right?
2: Well, if if possible, they yeah. could come every day. Um, in We also work now around the country with... Um, active military veterans and their families. And for example, Elaine Duncan, who is a colleague of ours, runs clinics in the VA um, in Washington. And so her veterans who are coming to work with her come, she generally recommends once a week. But in a disaster situation, when you have teams that are only going to be there for a certain period of time, we recommend that people come as much as they can. And I also want to stress that Sometimes one treatment or two treatments or three treatments can really shift things um, i 'll tell you one story we had a um, someone we were uh, working with in New York City who was doing a clinic for veterans in New York and she had a veteran from World War II come in, and this man had had the same flashback nightmare like every night for fifty years of this um soldier dying in his arms. And so he this gentleman had post-traumatic stress from World War II and had lived his whole life with it, essentially, his whole adult life. So he came in for two weeks in a row. He had a treatment and another treatment and the third week he came in and he said, I stopped having those nightmares. Do you think these treatments could have anything to do with it? Mm-hmm. So this is after decades and decades and decades of this thing being entrenched in this gentleman's nervous system. And after two treatments, he started to feel a very dramatic shift. So it can be amazing, and it depends on the person and the trauma and the situation, but um, something is definitely better than nothing.
1: Absolutely. So when you go into a community, let's say when you're going into Texas after Hurricane mm-hmm. Harvey, um mm-hmm. You know, how does that get organized? How many acupuncturists are there? Um, you know, do you have mobile teams, different teams in different locations? How does that usually work? That's an excellent question. And um,
2: it really depends on the situation. However, what I want to say is that part of what's key about acupuncturists without borders work is that a huge part of our mission focuses on training acupuncturists around the United States. So, as our virtual team of trained acupuncturists grows, at this point we've trained about 3,500 acupuncturists around the U.S., which is somewhere between 10 and 20 percent of the licensed acupuncturists in this country. So, Texas is a good example because we have a lot of folks we've trained in Austin and in Houston, and so then when a disaster happens locally, we work with those local people that we've trained to help set up relief efforts. So, um, it depends on how wide, widespread the disaster is, how, um, you know, how far-reaching, how, how long it seems like the um, recuperation process is going to be physically in the area, but For example, in Hurricane Harvey, what Carla, who, as I mentioned, is the person coordinating this particular effort, is working to do is set up clinics in Houston and Austin, and then we may also look at uh, Dallas because there are evacuation centers there as well. So um, at the moment, we're working... um, to set up two locations in Houston, including the acupuncture school in Houston, where we've trained previously. So we have people really connected with that community. And then those clinics can run for um, two weeks, six weeks, you know, months. It depends. After Hurricane Sandy in New York, we had 16 affiliated clinics around the tri-state area running clinics. And some of those clinics evolved into ongoing clinics because they were working especially with seniors who had been evacuated and those people continued to have an ongoing need. So it actually stabilized into um, a community service clinic that lasted beyond the disaster relief effort.
1: That's so wonderful. Um, you know, trauma work is a very specific work. You're not first responders. You're not dealing with, you know, the, the material needs that people have right after disaster. You're second responders dealing more with their emotional, mental, spiritual kind of needs that are there. Um, mm-hmm. So. You know, as as acupuncturists, we're not trained in school in in trauma work. So, how do you mm-hmm. work with acupuncturists, and, and you know, what's your approach to training them to, you know, be present with people who are really um, going through very very difficult times?
2: That's a great question, and it's part of why we've created this training program because we want to make sure that the acupuncturists who go into work in those contacts remain safe, and that because if you're going in and working with distressed populations, you can also be subject to what's called secondary trauma, which is like taking on that pain and suffering yourself, and then you can end up with the same kinds of symptoms. So that doesn't help the acupuncturist or the community when that happens. So in our trainings, we teach about the neurobiology of trauma and, and secondary trauma, And we teach acupuncturists how to work with that population, which is part of why our training is a little bit different than the National Acupuncture Detoxification Association's training, actually a lot different, because their focus is on addiction recovery. They're the experts in that. But acupuncturists without borders has developed particular expertise in trauma. So part of what I want to say, though, is that this is really useful for acupuncturists to know about in their private practices, because or actually for any healthcare workers to know about in their private practice, because we're all personally exposed to a great deal of stress and trauma in our world right now, just worrying about what's happening out there in the world. And any people we see as, as, as practitioners are also in that same circumstance. So it's very useful information for any practitioner to understand how to recognize trauma and, Treat it appropriately and hold the right kind of space for it, and keep the client safe and also keep the practitioner safe.
1: Thank you. That's a really interesting uh, point of view, and, and you know, a great training and skill that you'll bring for um, for practitioners. What I noticed when I was doing some research on your organization was, and I was quite moved by the work that you did in Haiti, training mm-hmm. um, health workers there to continue mm-hmm. that work after you left. So, because part of you know what happens when people go in to do disaster relief is they leave, and and then the people who are still you know dealing with trauma are left. Um, so it seems to me that you're also trying to empower communities to continue work. Uh, offering this um protocol for people How-
2: Yeah, yes and this is very near to, and dear to my heart in fact before i was on the phone or on the radio with you this morning i had a phone conversation with um, a haitian american acupuncturist that i've been working closely to do training in haiti peggy robinson who's in who lives in new york city but has um a lot of family in Haiti, and um, so I had coordinated with Peggy and her partner, Annie Mock, to go work with uh, an organization called Capricare, which is in southern Haiti. Um, They serve the community in Lake High, Haiti, that was very impacted by Hurricane Matthew last fall. And so um, Jean-Pierre Louis, who is the director of that organization, really saw the need to provide trauma recovery for his community and is collaborating with us to train his healthcare workers. So this is a model that is very important to Acupuncturists Without Borders because it's not about sending people places. It's about empowering the local people, whether that's around the United States or around the world.
1: So if people uh, wanted to get in touch with acupuncturists without borders, if they felt that there was something going on in their community that might benefit from your services. I'm, I'm thinking mm-hmm. about communities ravaged by the opio- opioid uh, uh, crisis. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about communities that, you know, inner cities where, uh, you know, gun violence is, is very high and prevalent or uh, poverty or displacement, et cetera. Can people just contact your organization, or do you really pick and choose where you go, or how does that work?
2: Well, that's a great question. I mean, if we had uh, unlimited bandwidth, we'd be everywhere (laughs) because the need is so great. It is. Um, We're actually uh, a very tiny organization with only four, the equivalent of four full-time staff doing a lot of work around the world. So this is also, practically speaking, why we have this model of training local people. Um, also, on a, on a very kind of, um, on a respect level, we never want to come into a community from the outside and say, we think you need this help. We always want that request to come from within the community. So as you're as you're As you're saying, if there was a local person who wanted an effort in their area, we could perhaps p- uh, partner them with a local acupuncturist that could lead an effort in that area. But we generally don't start any kind of relief effort without a request from a local community and a local team leader.
1: So how could people get in touch with you or or acupuncturists at borders to to ask for help? Or to inquire about trainings in the Acupuncturists Without Borders protocol for doing relief work after disasters.
2: Sure. Um, one of the best resources is our website. Let me give you the address. It is www.acuwithoutborders.org. That is A C U without borders. B O R D E R S dot org and. Uh, if you have a very specific question, you can always call our uh, office, which is 505-266-3878 or email us at info at acuwithoutborders.org. And uh, we would love to work with you. We also love to train other healthcare care providers, not just acupuncturists. We have many nurses, doctors, chiropractors, psychologists, social workers who come to our trainings.
1: That's fantastic. Well, Melanie Rubin, um, National Director of uh, Disaster Relief for Acupuncture Without Borders and Associate Director, I want to thank you so much for the work that you're doing and um, bringing acupuncture to the people of the world who really are suffering. And thanks for being on Health Watch today.
2: Thank you so much, Ellen and thank you for all you're doing
1: (laughs) you're welcome we've been speaking with Melanie Rubin Associate Director of Acupuncturists Without Borders and the Director of National Disaster Relief Um, she's quite busy these days I'm Ellen Goldsmith Licensed Acupuncturist your host I want you to tune in next month on Monday, October 2nd when I speak with Jennifer Bray on her film Unrest which is a virtual journey to document her story as she fights ME, myalgic encephalitis, a disease that medicine forgot. You can listen to this episode and more episodes of Health Watch online at kboo.org slash healthwatch. Have you received your KBOO Silent Drive letter in the mail? Here's your chance to support your favorite community radio station and enter a chance to win some fabulous prizes. No letter, no worries. Go to KBOO.fm to find out more about what you could win when you donate to KBU between now and September 14th. Here's a teaser. The grand prize is a three-day, two-night stay at El Dorado Resort and Casino with airfare in the biggest little city in the world. Yes, that's Reno, Nevada. The first prize is a night out on Burnside with a night at the Jupiter Hotel, with dinner at Le Pigeon, drinks at Cider Riot, and breakfast at Grendel so you can dive deep into the Burnside nightlife. And our second prize will allow you to stock up on medicinal and recreational treats at Jane PDX. Go to KBO.